Jump Podcast. Super Jump Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley Wolf <laughs> of the Super Jump Podcast, and I'm here as usually with editor at large of Super Jump Magazine, Wyatt Donigan. Hey, how's it going, Wyatt? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. I, uh, man, at the beginning of recording this episode, I did have to, to, to scramble for a song. I knew I wanted to do a song. I didn't know which song I was doing until the second I did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one was just in there, huh? Yeah, that one, <laughs> that one was just uh, in the reserves, I guess. I haven't cleaned it out in a while, so I just had a, you know, an old Sia song stuck in there. Uh, this is, of course, um, a, a sing-along podcast that we like to do for, for all of our friends, grandparents that uh, just like to hear the young people enjoying music. But sometimes we we uh, dive into video games as a little as a little sporadic fun thing we like to do. So we're going to talk about some video games today. We have a lot of good ones to talk about. Uh, just re- just a reminder, if you aren't subscribed to the show, we'd love you to change that. We'd love you to get right on that subscribe button on your Apple Podcasts client or whatever client it is you use to listen to podcasts. It's all kind of the same to us. We don't actually know how it works out there. I assume most people are using Apple Podcasts because I've heard it's the biggest, but that's not what I use, so I have no idea. So, (laughs) uh, with with that in mind, let's head into the Playtime Report! Hey, Wyatt. Uh, You were at a really cool event recently. Why don't you tell us about that? I was, yeah. So last weekend, I was at Genesis 6. Uh, And Genesis, if you guys don't know, is... Probably the biggest uh, Smash Brothers tournament of the entire year. It's their their super major. I think there were a, a total of 3,000 entrants overall for this one. And I think in the ultimate bracket alone for singles, I think it was a little over 2,000 people. So a lot of people at this thing. Yeah, yeah. It, um, there, there was a lot of media coverage on this one. Much more than I've, I think, than I've ever seen before. Which makes yeah, sense I think with so. the popularity of Ultimate and everything. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Ultimate's been massive, and this is the first kind of really big tournament. There's been a few, uh, like, majors. There's been a couple, like, small, smaller tournaments that have been kind of... Usually those have been centered to certain locations. Like, there's been a West Coast one. Uh, there was an, a couple East Coast ones. So, this was the first time that all of the players, including the Europeans and all of that, have... Uh, all been together under the same same roof and playing against each other for the first time for Ultimate. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I definitely did not end up doing it as well as, as the pros did. Uh, I, I did go 0-2. But I won a single game, which is more than I have done before because I've been to a couple of my local uh, tournaments before. I had failed to, to win a single game. So I did that, and, uh, and I felt pretty good. And it was a fun time. Just kind of... Hanging around with, uh, I was up there with a couple of uh, my closest friends, uh, so it was just fun, like playing in the hotel room and playing casuals with people, and just kind of being in the atmosphere is always fun because watching events, uh, esports events live is is one of my favorite things to do, just because the crowds are always insane, and it's just always it was, it's just a really great time all around. So it's been a couple weeks since you and I talked about Smash. Uh, I believe last time we were talking, you were using. What was it, Marth? 
As, uh, Crom. Crom and Wolf. Crom and Wolf. Okay, are you still doing that? Yeah, I've made. I've sort of switched to basically uh, like a Crom main, and I'll switch to to Wolf if I've got like a a bad matchup or if I'm just kind of if I can't get through the person in the first game, I'll switch to Wolf for the second game. But I usually have been starting out with Crom for the most part these days. What does a bad matchup uh, for Crom for you look like? Um. Sometimes, uh, if they've got projectiles, it can be some a little bit right, harder to yeah, win. Yeah, yeah, um, So, I mean, he Krom is very quick. He's one of the quickest characters in the game. So sometimes I can get around it. But if they're really good with using the projectiles, you know, somebody like the the Bell wants, um, or even like a wolf, another wolf, or another cloud, or especially characters that are very small too, uh, like Pokemon Trainer when they use Squirtle. Uh, Pichu, Pikachu, ones that are small, most of my attacks with Marth will miss them. Like my fairs miss them, theirs miss them. So using Wolf, I just have a little bit more flexibility with what I can do. So, but usually I can get around stuff for the most part with, with, Mar- uh, with Krom. But Wolf, I, I like Wolf as well too. He's, he's really good. So I've been playing, uh, I actually stopped playing as regularly as I was because of a game I'll talk about in just a second. But I was playing Pokemon Trainer, and I was really getting attached to Pokemon Trainer, and I was excited that Leffen was playing Pokemon Trainer and, and like really trying to to forward that the that that world and that meta because if, yeah. if he pushes a character, there will be new things discovered about the, that character. So mm-hmm. I was I was broken hearted when he came out recently <laughs> and said, "Yeah, I just don't think Pokemon Trainer is as good as I used to think." He was, yeah. and uh, I'm going to be switching to Inkling or maybe Pichu, which is yeah. fine. It's fine. I mean, those <laughs> characters look good, but... I think I, he was hoping that there was yeah. going to be a buff, too, with that with that first patch that came out a few days before Genesis. Um, I think he was really hoping that they would buff uh, parts of Pokemon Trainer just to... Just to give them a little bit more like oomph, but nothing. There yeah, were it, no, it did no seem changes like that. to that at all. It did seem like that's something he wanted, but at the same time, he was out here telling everyone that he's one of the best characters. Why would there be one? <laughs> Why would there be a buff to that character? That's true. I mean, I feel like that was kind of because he was saying that Pokemon Trainer was best, like right out the gate. Yeah, um, and People so I, I think, him too. yeah, exactly. And I think once he. Once he started playing with regularity, because, you know, he, coming from Melee and coming into Ultimate, like, it's, you know, it's two very different games. So, I think his evaluations on certain characters were, I mean, not trying to knock his skill, but they were just slightly off just because he wasn't familiar with all of the mechanics that yeah, Ultimate has. So, once he kind of got into that meta, I think he realized that other characters were just a lot better. Yeah, it, it's honestly a, a, a real heartbreak for me. Um, <laughs> but he said something in a video where he's like, I was overvaluing... I, I'm going to paraphrase it poorly, but he, he was basically overvaluing the total ability of Pokemon Trainer because he was thinking of it as a sum of all three Pokemon's best parts. And yeah. really, Pokemon Trainer is only as good as the best Pokemon he has, which is Ivasaur. Um, so, yeah. it, it's the the question is, how good do you think Ivysaur is? And Ivysaur mm-hmm. is only, like, pretty good. Which, 
It's fine. It's fine. It's uh, <laughs> I, I wanted mean, it to, to be, be great. Fair, yeah, and that the crazy part is like even with him thinking those things about you know Pokemon Trainer, like he still placed fairly well. I think he placed in the top. I want to say twenty at Genesis because I watched the final match where where he got he he lost to a Mega Man of all things. Um, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Um, uh, that's a hard match. Yeah, and the stuff that he's able to do with with uh, with Ivysaur, even Squirtle, like he's really good. I mean, he's very good at switching. Like he was making people whiff on a lot of stuff because he would switch right as they would go to hit him, and mm-hmm. it basically acts as like you know a quasi like shield. Um, so he was doing that, and he was doing some some crazy uh, down air stuff with with Ivysaur and and getting people from off stage. Like even though the character wasn't as strong you know, as, as we might hope, he was still doing really good with it. So I'm excited to see kind of if he can really nail down somebody that he feels comfortable with and that's got a bit more strengths, like what he can do in the future. Cause I think if he can stay with ultimate, like I, I it's only going to help the scene, you know, not that like ultimate needs melee people to survive, but it wouldn't hurt. Right. Did you play against anyone notable? Anyone famous? I didn't know. Ah, yeah, not even in my, like, my pool didn't even have, it wasn't even like there was somebody on the other side of my pool, like, there was nothing. Although my friends did, they played doubles, and Mewtwo King was in their pool. They didn't play against him, but he was at least in their pool, so, like, they were, he was on the other side of the bracket, but. Huh. Interesting. But, uh, but it was, it was, it was a fun tournament, though. Like, I think if, if, if anybody out there is either a Smash player or even just a fan of esports in general, definitely see what events or around you if it's something that you like um it, it's always fun it's just being around a lot of people who love the game like a lot and just hearing their passion and just being able to kind of you know bump shoulder with people and cheer and all that kind of stuff is just the atmosphere is always insane i gotta say uh we we, we talked before about that the salem levin controversy on this show <laughs> and i'm a little disappointed that the melee players didn't just come out and and like kick everyone's butts because of that i know <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it, it looks like they actually didn't do very well which is totally understandable considering the yeah. fact that smash 4 is much closer to ultimate than melee is mm-hmm. uh, i think levin was the best yeah. i think armada went out like top like 90 or something so yeah it's definitely going to be a uh, an adjustment period for these melee guys trying to come in here yeah 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 it's um it, it's it's going to be hard especially for people like left and armada who are not even in the united states and mm-hmm. have a much smaller pool of local competitors to play against yeah um i i have no idea how they do as well as they do in melee considering that um, there must there must just be like a actual healthy amount of melee players in Sweden because otherwise I really don't know how that works. Yeah, I think there is. I mean, because I know they don't live too far apart, and then I think Gluttony might also live in Sweden. I know he's in Europe somewhere, but I mean, even still though, they don't have like a ton of of amazing talent. Like I'm sure there's a lot of really good players, but there isn't a lot of pro players like that you get like if you know if you live in Southern California you can go to Wednesday night fights in Santa Ana and some of the best smash players and dragon ball players and street fire players are there on a weekly basis so like if you're in these kind of hub cities you get a lot of offline practice but 
yeah, I don't know how the, the European guys do it, but they somehow do it, and they're really, really good. Um, one last thing about Smash. Uh, since we last talked, Piranha Plant came out. Did you play around you with Piranha Plant? I did. It's pretty fun. I, I was actually surprised at how much I liked the character. Yeah, I, I really like the character as well. Uh, I don't think enough to make me main the character, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing because when a when a DLC packet comes out for a game, you want to be able to like dive in and, and play it a lot. But I I played as Piranha Plant for Piranha Plant's like classic mode to get that done because I did all the other classics modes mm-hmm. and, and all that, and then I kind of felt done. I kind of just felt done with it, yeah. even though I like it. I like the the addition. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, I, I ate through it. I really hope that the uh, the other five DLC characters don't feel like that to me because I, I do want to keep using them. And I want to, yeah. hopefully, everyone's just going to be better than the last. And I, I main all of them. But Yep, exactly. You're just going to have five them. new mains. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, every, every one new character that they add, every time they add one character at a time, they're basically just... Um, they're they're making a new character to compete with the 75 other characters in the game. Yeah. It's going to be hard for anyone to actually decide to main them without um just the novelty of the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh here's the thing, just real quick, I I've been playing Dragon Quest 3. I've kind of been keeping uh the the podcast up to date with my Dragon Quest news. Uh I've been playing it on phones. I played Dragon Quest 1 and 2 just earlier within within a month ago also on my phone. And I'm just, I'm just kind of learning what Dragon Quest is. 3 is a real doozy. Uh why they start you within like 5 minutes of the game starting it you you hear some text, you you do a little personality test that impacts your stats, kind of classic RPG tropes. And mm-hmm. then just immediately they say okay go to this bar and you can like pick three people who just any three people here and there's tons of people and you can like make new people and they can have any class and they can have everything and so you can have a full party immediately with any class you want any class in the whole game is like accessible uh, except for like one special one uh and, and you can have a full party of four of those characters and then you just go I was so overwhelmed. I didn't know what any of the classes did. Yeah, and, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that, they just like that's always the... been my like JRPGs are always so tough because they yeah. like even as you get through them, there's so many classes, and you're like, okay, well, what's the pro and con of this class, and do I want this one, and that, and then to just throw that to you like right off the bat, that's crazy. Yeah, um, this this is the first console JRPG to my knowledge. I'm I'm pretty sure it might be the first. That actually has any kind of class system whatsoever. So mm. the fact that they just drop you in it with with little regard to how you're gonna deal with that makes sense. Like it's an early, yeah. It, they it's, had, it's they hadn't refined the system it. yet. Yeah. Um, that said, it's uh, it, it's overwhelming, and <laughs> I've heard that this is like the best of the classic Dragon Quests. I don't know, man. It, it's gonna be hard to, to get into it i liked dragon quest 2 a lot apparently the original version had some very uh contentious experience grinding problems 
But on the phone, I I, grind, I grinded like once for 10 minutes maybe or less throughout the entire game. And I was fine. And in that hmm. game, the, the way you're... Par- that was the first JRPG with like a party at all. A console JRPG of them. First one with a party. And that one had you come across your party members narratively. Like you go through the world and then you meet them and they have a story... Each of them have a story. I th- I think that's leagues better than what happens. Yeah, that feels because that's kind of like yeah. Octopath, or at least from what I've I've heard. I don't know yeah. if that's. I mean, I know that was the intent of Octopath. I never played it except for like the prologue demo. But that sounds like kind of that's probably where where Octopath got that kind of idea from to just meet people along the way. Yeah, 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 definitely. And um, I, I I guess the 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 trade off that you don't get with Dragon Quest 2 that 3 improves on is that they're much more customizable. You can actually, like, any character can have any class and um, the the composition of your team can be different. You can make a team with no magic whatsoever, just y- your main hero guy and then three warriors. And it, if you want to do that, you can. You're probably going to die really quickly because you don't have a healer, but... That's fine. I have one character on my team that I'm very, con- I'm very strongly considering cutting. Um, her class is Gadabout or s- something like that. It's a word I actually didn't know. Um, <laughs> but basically, just a, a goof off, a, a town drunk. She's ah, a drunk. Okay. She dresses up like a bunny, and in battle, she uh, just sometimes doesn't do anything. and she doesn't seem to have any magical spells um i i'm assuming that this is a magic carp type thing that where (laughs) like yeah she on her level up she'll do something crazy yeah she'll she'll eventually be like the best in the game because there's an entire class dedicated to this shitty shitty character (laughs) um i named her crumples and crumples (laughs) is like sometimes I'll 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 say like okay wolf uh attacked 20 damage uh Blythe also attacked 30 damage he's my warrior and then Dolores put them to sleep great she's my uh she's a a priest and then Crumples just fell asleep on her own she just fell asleep during battle cool <laughs> that was an RNG sleep uh loved wow. that <laughs> That's great yeah, there, there is. I, I was worried that there wouldn't be too much like personality coming out of these characters because they don't have any dialogue, and I kind of made it myself. But I don't know. I'm. I definitely know Crumples now. I know her whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah, that's Dragon Quest Three. I haven't. I've only like played uh three hours of it so far, which is not far. So I'll probably have more to talk about that game later. But here's another RPG ish kind of thing that I. Is very popular right now, unlike Dragon Quest Three, that <laughs> I I want to hear more about Wyatt. What's up with Wargroove? Yeah, so Wargroove is very fun. Um, I first heard about it. It's on I think Switch and PC and maybe Xbox currently, and it's coming to PS4 soon, but it's not out just yet on PS4. Okay. Um, I first heard about it because they first announced it. It was just going to be a Switch title, and I, I'm pretty sure I heard about it. I think two years ago. So basically around the time that the Switch came out. And I had kind of resigned myself to the fact that this game might actually never come out. But it's a, it's a cross between Fire Emblem and Advance Wars. 
So it's a turn-based uh, strategy, kind of, you know, tactical game. You've got, uh, there's advantage characters, you know, like sword beats, uh, like uh, spear, spear beats, sword, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's got a full-fledged story mode. Uh, it, it, you know, it looks like the old-school Advance Wars. And when you go in, when you do individual battles, like the screen splits down in half and you see your, your units and they attack each other. So it's got very much the same style of Advance Wars, uh, but it also has the RPG elements of uh, Fire Emblem because there's a full story to it. And not only is there a story, but there's also a full-fledged, uh, like, create your own map mode. Uh, so people are able to create and upload not only maps, but you can actually make your own stories as well. So there's a ton of customization that goes outside of just the game itself. And there's online play. There is arcade modes where you have to, you know, win a map in a certain amount of turns and all that kind of kind of stuff. But there's, I want to say, 10 to 12 different units in the game. Um, you don't, obviously you don't get to use them all at the start, but as the missions go on, they add on to it. So if you like turn-based, uh, uh, you know, tactical games where you have to move your, basically playing chess with, with warriors and all that kind of stuff, it's a very fun game. You can lose a lot of time, especially because the missions are fairly lengthy too. Like it's not just some like, you know, short finish this in 10 minutes thing. Like you really have to, to think about your moves. I've had to restart quite a few different maps because I've gone into it and been like, oh, wait, I put my guys in the wrong position and, and they just get completely taken out. So it's very, it's not forgiving at all. I, I'm only playing on the normal difficulty as well, but I've had some, some pretty tough battles so far. So it's, uh, it's very fun. So if, if you like that and, and it's only 20 bucks. So even if you get it and you don't like it, like it's not a huge, uh, chunk of your wallet gone, but right. even though it's 20 bucks, it feels like it's worth more than that. Like it, it's an indie game technically, but it feels like a full fledged, like really deep release. Yeah. I, I've been thinking a lot recently about how, if this came out for the 3ds during the heyday of the 3ds, I guess mm -hmm. not now. Um, but like when 3ds games were legit, um, yeah. would, this game would probably be seen as just like one of the big 3ds games. Like the fact mm -hmm. that this indie wouldn't even come up, it, it would, it's, it's sprite based graphics would just be fine and now yeah. that there isn't a portable receptacle for that kind of thing it always just looks indie or or cheaper in some way mm -hmm. to have a, a game like this which it which is sad because yeah sometimes like in the year 2000 pokemon gold and silver came out and that is an 8-bit game with a very limited color palette. But we were already on to, like, Ocarina of Time. We were past Ocarina of Time. Majora's Mask came out that year. Yeah. Um, it, Metal Gear Solid was already out, you know? Mm -hmm. So, it, I, I don't know. I think we as a society need to, to augment our predilections toward pixel-looking games and smaller-looking games. Because yeah. sometimes the the big games are are just bummers too, uh, so you know I I um I never played Advance Wars, I never played Advance Wars as a kid. Did you? I didn't. Um, I've or I might have played like my friend's game, 
<clears throat> but I never played it myself. It always looked kind of fun, but at the time when those came out, I wasn't really that much into strategy games or anything like that. I did play the GBA um, Fire Emblems, but I didn't get around to Advance Wars, and it's always kind of been one of those things that has been just just sticking out that I should play. But maybe I shouldn't play those old games. Maybe I should just go to Wargroove. Yeah, I mean, it really does feel... I mean, from what I've seen of, uh, of Advance Wars and what I know of those games, this honestly feels like it could be an Advance Wars game because it, it looks... Very similar, and in, in the the attack animations and all that are are spot on with what Advance Wars was. So it feels like the kind of like a spiritual successor, kind of like what people wanted Mighty Number no. Nine to be for Mega Man. Like this feels like that for uh, for Advance Wars. Really cool, really cool. I'm glad that mm-hmm. is around. Um, I talked about this last week, so I don't want to talk about it for too long. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, since last week, I played it. I think when I talked about it on the pa- podcast last week, I was like really early in the game. I've Now I've gotten all the way through. Um, d- did you play Kingdom Hearts at all? Did I did. I played the old ones. Um, well, I played 1 and 2. I never played all of the like 12,000 right. spinoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, eventually I'm going to get around to Kingdom Hearts 3 because it looks, it looks like a fun game from what I've seen of streamers playing it and, and the reviews are good. But uh, it's just not super high on my priority list because I've gotten so far off the from the story. Like I'm gonna need some kind of crash course YouTube video or something because I know there's a lot of stuff that's happened since Kingdom Hearts two. Yeah, there. Yeah, there. There definitely has. I <laughs> uh, I did uh, a, 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 a sin against God. And I played Kingdom Hearts 3 without ever having played a previous Kingdom Hearts game. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I did it. Uh, and um, I, I have a lot of weird feelings about it. For, for one, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that the story... I mean, it is definitely complicated. It's more complex than like something in any other game that you could get mm-hmm. on, a, on a $60 AAA budget usually they, they keep the stories of those a little more tight than than this yeah um but it's, it's honestly not that hard like if you just don't know who a character is you can look it up it's it's yeah. not that bewildering what is more of a thing for me is is the tone and, and the expectations that they set within that game uh-huh because the the some of the the bigger reveals in the game which i, I won't go into here I'm, I'm sure our listeners are like really afraid i'm like i'm gonna spoil something right now i won't <laughs> um just some of the bigger th- things that happened i i'm supposed to just be really really invested in and I, I can tell that they're already counting on my investment they're not like trying to earn and earn it again for this game and i think that's totally fair i i think more games should 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 do that because there is a large group of people for whom this game is specifically made and i am not one of them i am not mm-hmm. one of those people um it it, it, it's a feeling that i mean maybe this is probably a drastic comparison but it 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 almost feels a little bit like cultural appropriation for me to play this game uh i can see that yeah it's just not it's not my my area it 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 belongs to other people i was considering writing a review before i played it and after i played i was i'm just sure that i couldn't um, because, yeah, because it definitely yeah. with 
the people that are diehard fans too, like, you know, they've been, I think the first one came out, what, in 2002, I want to say? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, this is, you know, a 17-year journey that some of these people have gone through with, I think, actually probably about 12 games, if you count all of the the mobile releases, and there's, like, two PSP games and, like, a, a Game Boy Advance game, and there's, like, a card game. It, there's a, a lot of a lot of stuff. Yeah, like, I think if I were to write a review, I would actually, it, it might be a negative review. I, I don't think I, <laughs> I would give it a good score if I did scores in rev, in reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's just... it's It was a 30-hour game to get to the credits, and I think, honestly, it, I, I would wager I, I watched maybe 17-ish hours of cutscenes in those 30 Is hours. Is there really that many cutscenes? Oh, oh, it's more than Lord. half, Wyatt. It definitely feels wow. more than half. Yeah. Um, I don't... I don't... I mean, I know... Like, cutscenes were always a thing. Um, oh, yeah. I remember there was there was one very annoying cutscene. So, uh, when you fight Riku... Or, this... Uh, it's a, This is a 17-year-old game. When you fight Riku <laughs> in the first Kingdom Hearts towards the end of it, um, he goes on this very long-winded speech. Uh, and the cutscenes were not skippable in that game. So... And it was a very... It was one of the hardest boss fights in the game. So, I legitimately yeah. think I probably... I had to watch, I think it was probably like a five minute cutscene. So I had to watch that every single time I died. But, but I don't think there was like 17 hours of cutscenes in that game. Like there were quite a few cutscenes, but not that much. Yeah. In, in this game, cuts, cutscenes are skippable, which is nice. Um, and I actually, I, I didn't think, I'm trying to think now. I don't think I actually skipped any because it's really good about if you die, just putting you back right at the beginning of a battle rather than um, right before a cutscene that would trigger a battle. Yeah. So that's, so that's nice. I you, you don't have too many repeated things to watch. But really, it is more than half. It, it is absolutely more than half. Wow. Um, that's like Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid uh, 4 type stuff. I, I mean, any I Metal Gear Solid, I would hazard to say that it is, it is more cutscene heavy than Metal Gear Solid 4. That's great. And Metal Gear Solid Four had some some massive cutscenes. <laughs> yeah, you 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 play for a little bit. You, you use your Keyblade, which I I didn't. I don't know. K- Kingdom Hearts fans are saying the combat is really interesting in this one, which kind of blows my mind um, because I don't think so at all. <laughs> yeah, from what I've heard, like Leffen. Speaking of Leffen, he he played it and went on this like incredible rant either last night or early this morning, and like all the Kingdom Hearts came for uh, Kingdom Hearts fans came for his head. But he mentioned the combat and said like how it was. He said it was terrible. Um, and from what I've seen, it looks like the exact same combat that it had in Kingdom Hearts one and two, and those are seventeen year old games. So yeah. It, it's it's just a lot of button mashing uh there's, yeah. there's supposed to be a block function that i mean it, there is a block function but it don't use it it's fine uh <laughs> it, and everything in this game is just like her hurtling itself toward these cutscenes. you play for 10 seconds and then you watch a little interstitial cutscene to get to the next place where you you beat a bunch of guys in a room over and over and over again and then you do a boss and then that that is the game that is the whole thing and it, it is a beat-em-up it's not an rpg it's a beat-em-up for sure and mm-hmm. f- for all of these reasons i i would say maybe not great 
But the thing is, <laughs> like, the, the, the people for whom this game is made, like, this game's goal is not wooing me. This game's goal yeah. is showing the end of the story to people that have waited so long for it. So for them, the cutscenes are the thing. Like, the, the cutscenes yeah. are the thing they're, they're looking for. And the cutscenes have all of this great information, and for them, that is worth it. Uh, so just, like, don't even listen to me. If you like Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> I'm I'm a dummy. If you like Kingdom Hearts, what I'm saying doesn't matter at all. Like it, I I I liked the experience of playing this game, not because I think it's a good game at all, uh, but just because <laughs> of, of the the cultural perspective that that you can get from this game. I think you can learn how to tolerate the achievements of others that don't really excite or apply to you. By playing Kingdom Hearts 3. And I think that in this modern political environment, that could be a useful skill. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's my take on Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't think people will agree with it. I think people <laughs> think it's a good game, which is fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody doesn't yeah. have to agree with yeah. games like that. Because like you said, that that's... Like, Kingdom Hearts 3 is not like a god of war. Like, it's not something that universally is basically seen as like you know a work of art like kingdom hearts very much kingdom hearts 3 seems like from what i've seen it, it seems like a very fan servicey game like they that game is 100 percent catered to kingdom hearts fans mm-hmm. and, and there's nothing wrong with that but you know it's just it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea yeah and it's it's also just here's here's another thing and, and again i think that the lore of the game is more or less fine for newcomers i really think it's being blown out of proportion how how complex and uninterpretable it is there's a scene in the game where you talk to okay i'm gonna oof how do i do this you talk to (laughs) someone who doesn't say their name and you are you can't see them so you're trying to figure out okay who's this person do i know enough to know who this person is even if i knew everything would i know enough who, to know who this person is mm-hmm. it turns out it's a tertiary character who only appeared in the phone game and this oh, was God. a five minute cutscene <laughs> to to like learn about this character in in, in yeah. star wars there's books and comics and video <clears throat> games in the expanded universe all the time mm-hmm. the percent chance that it will impact the main movies is negligible yeah it's, uh, yeah those characters are just yeah for the the books just to flesh out like you know massive back it, it, the expanded universe. i mean it's not called that anymore but like right. the expanded universe you know like that's that's what those were for they weren't for the actual numbered movies or anything like that or even the spinoff movies yeah and harry potter has pottermore and, and jk rowling's mm-hmm twitter's account and like <laughs> er, er, like those things just aren't reaching the same amount of people as yeah. main star wars movies or main harry potter books so mm-hmm. they cater the new main stuff to just people that may, maybe you'll get like a cameo here and there and that'll be exciting but for the most part it's just gonna be based on the main installments that came before kingdom hearts does not play like that every single thing is important <laughs> <laughs> like the that cheap for free phone game that is that's on Android right now that looks like it it was just like put together in an arts and crafts class in, in a <laughs> semester in one semester by a couple of students 
um, that is, that has real implications. <laughs> that that is, that nuts. is like a real part of it. Um, yeah, I I I don't think I've ever seen anything else like that, like a franchise yeah. that actually does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Um, so we got one more game to talk about. Um, uh, and I I am sorry. I'm gonna move your. Playtime yeah, report section out of Playtime report because let's head right into the newsy nibble. We're gonna move it out of the Playtime report because we're talking about Apex Legends in the news section of this podcast. Wyatt, what is Apex Legends? So Apex Legends is a battle royale that's made by Respawn Entertainment, which is the company that made and is known for the Titanfall series. Um, and if you don't, and if if you're not familiar with their history, they are developers that uh, they're former Infinity War developers that also made uh, Modern Warfare Two, I believe, um, and one other Call of Duty. But so like some of the early Call of Duties, they split from Infinity War, made Respawn, and then they made Titanfall, Titanfall Two, which were both very well received games, but just didn't really perform commercially, just because right. of various reasons with. I think Titanfall 2 came up, it, they released it like the same period as a new Call of Duty, and that was kind of Call of Duty's heyday a few years ago. So uh, they didn't do super well like commercially, but <clears throat> they were very well critically received and had a cult following and all of that. And so last week, uh, I think it was around like Friday of last week, so about like eight days ago, uh, a leak came out that said the makers of Titanfall or the, the Titanfall battle Royale was coming and yeah. everyone pretty much rolled their eyes. Cause it was like, okay, another battle Royale. Like there's 12 million of them. Like this is just another, um, especially in a lot of people, because they said Titanfall, there was a debate of should the Titans be allowed and, and all this kind of stuff. So, so people were, didn't have very high hopes, you know, for this game at all. And then it came out, on Sunday, uh, the stream they a bunch of streamers, um, some of the the biggest streamers on Twitch, basically were like, "Hey guys, I guess you know their their uh, non disclosure agreement read out, and they were like, "Hey guys, we played this new VR, and we can't wait to tell you guys about it tomorrow." And but but EA or EA respond, they never officially really said much of anything until Monday when the reveal happened. So. They didn't really officially announce this game or say anything about it until the day it came out. So they released it, talked about it, teased it, showed gameplay, trailers, all that kind of stuff, all in the same day, which is absolutely unheard of in this yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's crazy. It's it's like, like it doesn't happen. I mean, like they Beyonce us. Like they they did like the like surprise album drop for a for a triple A video game. I mean, this I call those shadow game. drops, but Beyonce's are that's a lot. I like that. Too. <laughs> that's really good too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this is you know it's a free to play, but like make no mistake, this is a triple A title. Um, it, right. It it feels polished. There there's no bugs. You know, a lot of the things like you know PUBG when it first came out. You know, it was the one that. Well, I mean, H1Z1 technically started the battle royale, but PUBG is the one that really brought it into the to the forefront of the conversation. But PUBG is notorious for the the massive, massive amounts of bugs that it had, even to this day. Like, there's it's a still very glitchy game. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go ahead and say Apex Legends is 
more of a complete AAA game in 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 terms of bugginess and just mm-hmm. polish than PUBG is like right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and PUBG's been out for two years now. It came out. It came out in 2017. It left beta um, in 2017. So I think PUBG's we're a month out. out from two years exactly. Yeah. So this game is, you know, this is within the first five days, and it is very polished. I mean, even more so than uh, than than Fortnite, because Fortnite still has quite a few bugs. I mean, granted, Fortnite is technically still in beta it's in pre-release although i think they're going to keep it there just because it allows them to push updates quicker because it's a weird console thing but um but like this game just it feels really good you know everything about it there you're not seeing any of these weird bugs where people are jumping through things and dying to to weird you know glitches it's just a full full full-fledged game and and it brings a lot of new things to the table too, which I think is why it's doing so well. Yeah, the, I I think this this game did so many things right. Um, it brought individual characters into Battle Royale mm-hmm. for um, I don't think the first time. I think Blackout did it more. Did did not as much. Like the characters weren't as as heavy a factor in in Blackout, but they were there. I mm-hmm. people just love characters. People enjoy them. Um, it, yeah. News just came out that that two of them are somewhere along the LGBT spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, people love that. That's that's great. And and just the way that it wasn't revealed that it just came out. Uh, there, there's a there's a quote from Drew McCoy that I saved because I thought it was just brilliant. He, he said this in an interview with Eurogamer. Drew McCoy is one of the producers on the game from Respawn. He says. To try and convince a skeptical audience for months with trailers and hands-on articles. We're just like, let the game speak for itself. It's the most powerful antidote to potential uh, problems. We're doing a free-to-play game with essentially loot boxes after we were bought by EA. And it's not (laughs) Titanfall 3. It's the perfect recipe for a marketing plan to go awry. So why have that? Let's just ship the game and let players play amazing drew mccoy what a yeah, brilliant I mean, awesome thing to say like he literally hit it on the head yeah like that like, i mean because what what he said that's exactly what people would have uh would have talked about and it would have been dead on arrival it, he's so right too like mm-hmm. um titanfall didn't do so well but it was very especially titanfall 2 very well liked uh, the yeah. the campaign is one of i think one of one of the better shooter campaigns maybe ever like really mm-hmm. good um and i'm disappointed that titanfall 3 doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon i'm still a, a little sad about that personally but in, mm-hmm. in terms of just how you breach this to an audience yeah great you can't yeah. say there's there's another titanfall kind of game because apex legends is in the titanfall universe mm-hmm. but there's no titans and it's not called titanfall and it's not three it's like a spin-off and also, we don't have any plans for three. People would eat that alive, and people yeah. would blame EA a lot. So I'm sure EA was yeah. totally on board with doing this thing that makes people blame them less. That seems like something they like doing. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I think yeah. the EA bit that I mean, even even without the the you know, this is not Titanfall three. I think a game that's published by EA 
that has loot boxes, people would have eaten that yeah. alive. <clears throat> because I mean, even now I see people that are just like, oh, EA is just going to ruin this, let them do everything else. And I'm like, I mean, that that's, I, I suppose you can look at it like that, but it's incredibly, like, cynical because, like, EA just, they don't, like, they would have to bend over backwards to, to, to be the reason that this game fails. I mean, this game very well could fail. I don't think it will. I mean, but it very well could, but it won't be because of EA. Because, you know, with the loot boxes for, uh, for Battlefront 2, you know, that, that was a huge sticking point with a lot of the community because they locked characters behind the loot boxes and, and they locked abilities and all that kind of stuff. Um, but Titan, or with uh, Apex Legends, the characters are there. Like, I mean, there's six characters that you have. There's two that you have to unlock, but you can unlock them uh, just by playing the game. And even even still, it's it's not something that you need to necessarily... Like, you don't need those other two characters, you know? Because, like, sure, all the characters have abilities, but there is no real need to, like, oh, God, I need to unlock this character. Because it's not like Darth Vader is hidden yeah. behind, or Luke Skywalker, which those were in, you know, Battlefront 2. So, it's like, this is a game that, yes, it has loot boxes, but it has loot boxes... The, the way the loot boxes work is basically the same way that the item shop works for Fortnite. All you do... Is just get loot boxes for all purely cosmetic items. Nothing is gameplay related. Yeah. Um, so, and even if you need to, if you want to get those other two characters, those characters aren't even in the loot boxes. You just buy, you can just buy uh, coins for real money and then unlock them right out the gate. So it's not something that's tied behind RNG. So, you know, the, everything that they've done with this game, they've pay, they basically righted a lot of the wrongs of previous even ea published games and previous battle royales and just came out with an incredibly polished product that is just absolutely exploding it's it's exploding and has every right to um so i i just want to talk about some more like physical detail about the game Mm -hmm. there's 60 players on a map instead of 100 do you think that's how it's just going to be, or do you think maybe they're going to expand either the size of the map or just put more people on it later? Um, I think if they ever added more, I think they would make a separate mode. So, so I think this particular map, I think it's fine for 60 players. I think if you had more than 60 players on this map, it might feel a bit too crowded and too hectic. Um, just because the pace of the game right now feels pretty good and i think if you added 40 more people to it um although technically it would you'd have to do 99 since this one is trios instead of uh like four people in squads um so i i think it'll stay here and if they ever do add more because they've made mention of saying like they kind of want to be they want to set the standard for map updates and stuff like that so i do think we're going to see like either map updates or more more maps in the future um, and I think if they do add some more maps, it, they might do like a hundred player mode with a different map. If they add like four player uh, squads. Um, so from a from a esports PR perspective, how how did you feel about them about respawn partnering with all those uh, Twitch streamers on the on the launch day of the game? I thought that was pretty brilliant. I, I thought yeah I mean that that's honestly 
that was probably the smartest thing. That, I mean, they did a lot of smart things, but that alone was probably like top three of smartest things out of all of these things. All, all of the things right that they did, that was definitely one of the biggest ones because that, you know, like it or not, Twitch is kind of the barometer for popularity of games. Um, if if people are playing, I mean, if you look at what happened with Sea of Thieves over the last few weeks, that yeah. game was dead for a long time. Um, and then Summit started playing it a lot. And then you saw all of these streamers start playing it and all these people talking about it again. And he basically single-handedly revived this game. So if you can get all of these big streamers right off the bat, you're just putting yourself in a great position because it's free publicity. I mean, I'm sure they might get some sort of perks for partnering, uh, being like an apex partner. Oh yeah. But yeah. 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 For what, but whatever it might've cost EA, the exposure alone that they got, it, it's going to, it, it, it more than paid for itself because it was only a day or two and, and they got, yeah, exactly. they got the number one and two, uh, Twitch streamers. And then a bunch of them right under that. Yep. That, that's yeah, and, that's and, almost like buying every network channel and yeah. airing an advertisement that lasts two days on all of the channels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like that. Yeah. That's such good advertising. You can't get away from it. Yeah, and because even now, like ever since this game came out, it's been at the top of Twitch with almost double the amount of views of Fortnite. Yeah. And you know, we haven't seen Fortnite leave the top since. Probably around this time last year, because that was around the time that Ninja started really blowing up, and that game, you know, Fortnite really just kind of took off. But, but all of these streamers, you know, Ninja, Doctor Disrespect, Summit, Shroud, all of these really big streamers, this is all they've been playing, and you know, it, it's you feel like at some point it, it surely will, it might taper off, but I don't think like I think this game actually could be here to stay. I mean, in, in a huge, in a huge way. Cause I, I think obviously wh- whether or not it stays at the top of Twitch, Apex Legend is, is going to be around for a long time, but I think that it might just have put itself like in the conversation of being, you know, the top game around, at least from, from kind of the esports, you know, Twitch, it, that kind of perspective. I there's already if... a tournament that is going to be in like three days. So, oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah. They're doing a Twitch Rivals uh, thing with uh, Doctor Disrespect, Shroud, Courage JD. Um, I think even XQC and Overwatch, a former Overwatch League player, is going to be in it. So you know, not only is this game you know doing this huge out of nowhere marketing thing, but they're already going to have a tournament. You know, I think the tournament's on the twelfth, so it's going to be like eight days after release. And, you know, it's going to be it. And there's already rumors of ranked play and, and all of this coming through. So they're just kind of, they're really hitting the ground running. And they're, they're, I, I feel like Epic Games has to be sweating a little bit right now. Yeah, this seems like the first thing that's really in the same wheelhouse as Fortnite that is challenging it. Because Blackout was definitely a big challenger, but that's that's a premium game you pay for it and it's a 60 yeah, dollar game yeah you had to pay 60 bucks for it yeah and, and with this it's just you, you you put commercials out there on everyone's 
Twitch stream. If you're watching Twitch, you're watching them play Apex Legends, probably. Mm -hmm. you, you just put that out there, and all of a sudden, everyone's watching free advertising for a thing that is free. So yeah. they're, they're just going to go for it immediately, and, and th this is the positive feedback loop that got Fortnite so popular and kind of kept everything out, but just through the ingenuity of what the people at Respawn did, now now Fortnite isn't even the number one thing that's doing the Fortnite. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. I, I don't know if it worked exactly like this, but I love the idea of Respawn looking at what EA normally does to market and um, do PR on a game, and them saying, hey, you know what? Your shit sucks a little bit. Why don't yeah. we take this one? Well, we, we yeah. got this one. Just, just if you could put your hands off it for a second, that'd be great. Uh, we know how to do this, and EA just gets their shit handed to them because everything yeah. EA talks about. The EA is maybe the one company that could take a game I really want to play and just talk to me enough for me to not want to play it anymore. <laughs> yeah, which and uh, I'm gonna see. That's why I'm I'm almost surprised that EA did this because yeah. like this is just such a this is such so much not an EA thing to do that it's like insane cuz this is you know EA is is the most hands-on the most in your face company the most tone deaf company in all of gaming I think um so for them to just kind of say like okay you do, do your thing once it's out we'll help you um you know we'll give you the the resources and the platform, but like we'll follow your lead. Honestly, like I want, I I wonder if this is maybe like the sign of EA finally realizing that that this what they've been doing is terrible, and maybe you know this might bleed over into other areas of the company. You know, you can hope so. I kind of just think it's EA corporate not caring what respawn individually does but mm -hmm. if this does affect the rest of the company that would be great that would be a much better ea and a better ea would mean a better gaming um industry in general one last thing about apex legends should more companies with frail announcements and i'm defining that to be just any game that like drew mccoy d defined it, it, it would be a marketing nightmare immediately um be trying this approach should Bethesda, for example, have done this with, with Fallout 76. If they didn't have Fallout 76 all over their E3 show and all, all over, there, there were tons of commercials and stuff months in advance. If they just one day came out and said, hey, we have this thing called Fallout 76. We know it's broken right now, but like we, we really like it and we think there's something here. You want to play it right now for free? <laughs> Would would we be talking about Fallout 76 in a very different light? I think so. You know, I, I think because of the, the marketing train that Fallout 76 had, because it was so uh, it was so heavy and it was everywhere, people were just expecting so much from it. So when it had so many bugs kind of right out the gate, um, people were just kind of like, oh, well, now I feel like I've been shafted. Whereas, you know, I think if maybe they had just not hyped it up as much, then it probably would have been a little bit better for them because maybe people would have had lower expectations, uh, wouldn't have expected as much. But because they just expected, you know, 
this huge, you know, ramp, you know, uh, robust game, and that's really not what they got. People no, were just let down, you know. So I, I think, I feel like companies might start taking a page out of Respawn's book for this one because of how well it it, it went, and I think some are going to fail because they're going to not follow the same exact steps, or yeah. it's going to be. A different thing because this almost kind of feels like a lightning in a bottle type thing where like they just happen to have the perfect storm of everything especially because it came at a time where people have been getting increasingly frustrated with the gameplay changes that for the epic has been making with fortnite so people have kind of been looking for something else and because yeah. you know this is another battle royale especially because i don't know how many more battle royales we can really fit into this this equation so if another uh you know if another publisher developer tries to to do this same sort of thing with a different battle royale it's probably not going to work that well just because i don't think there's a lot more space left but i think for other types of games it might work yeah i brought up fallout 76 because it it kind of follows the same formula of it, it belongs to a series that is very respected for doing one thing very well and it instead goes for this um very catch the wave of hype model of of gameplay that doesn't fit the earlier thing and is more just loot boxy and 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 all that stuff and i know that the way they did do it didn't work so maybe in retrospect it's obvious it's more obvious for me to say like hey come on don't do what you did um but you're right like you do sometimes need marketing otherwise it wouldn't exist um so it yeah it, it's it's a it's a gamble it's a gamble mm-hmm. and I, you know I, and I, i'm glad that you know it's here because it is a fun game like i've i'm low-key addicted to it like i've been playing it almost non-stop uh since it came out so you know it's a it's a really fun game and i'm i'm excited and, and curious to see what they're going to do as far as you know release schedules and, and new content over the next few months they've already and the thing too is they've already laid out a massive roadmap of what they're going to do because that was kind of a problem <clears throat> excuse me with uh with blackout is that it didn't really seem like they had a plan for the future they were just kind of like uh here's this game uh, it's got, you know, it's a fun battle royale. It's, it's Call of Duty. It, you know, it's the same Call of Duty that you know and love and all this kind of stuff. But there wasn't really anything that was like, hey, this is what we have coming down the pipeline. Like, you know, there wasn't anything about, hey, we're going to have a new map or, or new weapons or anything. It was just kind of like, here's this game that's part of, or here's this mode that's part of this other, you know, this, you know, big AAA game that comes out every year. Yeah. But didn't really do a lot for it. Whereas on day one, you know, Apex or Respawn said, like, here's our, our one year roadmap. We have, you know, I think four seasons coming out. There's going to be a battle pass. You're going to get new weapons. There's going to be, you know, new cosmetics. There's going to be, we're going to do map updates. We're going to do gameplay updates. So they really, not only did they give us a full product out the gate, but they also gave us a plan. And it shows, like, hey, this is what we have going on, which is kind of even more than what Fort with Epic has done with Fortnite. Like we know that you know with Fortnite, you're going to get basically like a, a a content update every week that'll add like 
a new weapon and then they're going to do like an overall game patch every two weeks that will add like new features or whatever but there's never been sort of a like here's our long-term plan for this game it's just kind of been a fly by the seat of the pants sort of thing whereas i think with people knowing like hey we have all this all of this to look forward to it can make people feel a little bit more comfortable as well and not as apprehensive because they can be like hey if i sink money into this game they've got this huge plan so i feel okay giving something up for for this game right 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 I'm interested to see how they're going to keep it up. Um, I, I'm kind of thinking that Fortnite will just bounce back and eventually, within, within a, a week or two, regain its top spot, no matter how well Apex Legends does. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would need to go on for a while until it, it um, achieves the kind of consistency that Fortnite now has, but it could. It definitely could. Yeah, And I'm also excited yeah. to see what Respawn does with their uh, Jedi game, which is also supposed to be this year. I don't know how big Respawn is. I kind of thought it was small. Yeah, I'm fairly... I'm, I don't think it's... You know, I think it's probably one of those... It's probably about the size of Epic Games, like, you know, like like 50, 50 to 100 people kind of thing. Like, I don't think it's a massive, massive studio. Yeah, I hope this doesn't take away from, from that game, because I'm very excited about that game. But in other <laughs> news... This is a weird one. Xbox Live is coming to other consoles. That's right. The online service named after the console that it is on is going to it's going to be not on that console <laughs> anymore. It's going to be on uh they said Windows phones, which I thought was hilarious, but they also <laughs> said iOS, Android, and Switch. What does that mean? I I'm still confused. I remember when this came out cuz somebody cuz because uh, on my on my site uh, we have like a UK team and a, and a US team, um, so like when I got up in the morning, somebody on the UK team wrote this article about you know Xbox Live coming to to other consoles. And yeah, I was I had to I had to like read it like read the headline like twice and then had to read the article and I was just I'm like what is this like I, yeah. I don't understand like does this mean you can play Xbox Live games because I mean, there's already an app, like an Xbox app for the phone, where you can, you know, you can message and all of that. But I just don't understand how the the online the service that allows you to play these games, like, why is it going to be on the Switch? Like, what 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 are you going to do? Does that mean I can play an Xbox game on the Switch? Like, are they going to make certain games? like compatible with the switch it's just a very i think what they're trying to say is that multi-platform games i this is this is one thing i can see happening multi-platform games like mortal kombat 11 is coming out on switch soon and it's also going to be on everything else you could get achievements for your xbox live account if you link your switch version of like you get xbox achievements while playing on the switch um i could see that yeah that seems like a really limited use case though i'm, I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of like other things because i don't think you can just use it to play online that's what nintendo wants to do with their nintendo account yeah exactly that that's why I'm, i think that's why i'm most confused because yeah like it, i don't have the answers be, why i I'm, yeah i know I'm also <laughs> confused it's just it just feels like it feels like 
once we get more information, I think that it, it, it might come out that they just kind of misannounced this. Like, they meant something else and could have been more clear with it. Because like you said, it, it, right now, it, it sounds like you're saying, like, you can use the online service. Like, this online service can be used for other consoles. Yeah. Which would imply, like, somehow you can use your Switch to play on Xbox Live. But, like, why why would you need to do that? And, like, why is this something that they felt that was important? Yeah, this is either, so like, I, you can stream... Maybe you can stream Xbox games to yeah, the Switch. Like, but you can't even do that to Xboxes right now. Like, that's a, that's yeah. a functionality that doesn't yet exist. Well, and especially because... But if they said it's also coming to, to, to Windows phones, oh, well. Um, but <laughs> yeah. coming to, to all mobile phones, like, what, are you telling me I can stream uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 on my iPhone? Like, you know, like, what... It's just... It's a, it's very confusing. Yeah. I... Yeah, that, that's another good thing. Like, that... Uh, on Switch, like, I think that the Switch part is the sexier aspect of this announcement. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah. the phones is more confusing to me. Because at least with Switch, there's, like, some compatibility with the schema of the kind of game you'll get on Switch. Like, these yeah. are console games that xbox live works for console games that's what it's for even on pc it's like that kind of game on on android like just candy crush like what are you what are you talking about yeah what what kind of games are you i'm playing dragon quest 3 on android are you going to give me achievements for that what's happening i don't understand it and i'm scared and confused and video game news doesn't usually make me feel that way microsoft i'm gonna have to (laughs) mark you down for that I don't know. It's it, it. I mean, I guess this is maybe something that we'll hear more about in the lead up to E3, and, and maybe it, it, it. I don't. You know, I don't know how far out they are from actually making this a reality, but maybe this is something that E3 they'll give us more actual information about, and we can kind of have a good, uh, or at least a better understanding of what exactly this is. So I, yeah, it's just. I don't know, Microsoft. <laughs> I, you know, we kind of we're giving you a leg up in this whole this whole race because Sony looks like they don't know what they're doing, but you just sound drunk right now, Xbox or Microsoft. So, like, what, what's going on? The the thing is, <laughs> this could be great. This could be amazing. It could, if, yeah, depending on what it is, it could be a really cool right now. Thing. I'm just kind of annoyed by it because I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, man. I don't know. So this is uh. Game yeah. companies, man. They just, it doesn't, you know, we go from, from Respawn that did this, you know, incredibly genius tactical move to Xbox or to Microsoft being like, hey guys, you can have Xbox Live on your Switch and then say nothing else about it. Yeah, it, it's like if, if <laughs> it's like if, if Starbucks came to my house and they're going to be like, from now on, there's going to be Starbucks here. And I, I would ask, what are you talking about, Starbucks? Are you going to put a Starbucks in my house? Or do you just mean I can get some? Like, DoorDash? Like, what are you saying? What does this mean? And then they leave, and they don't say anything else about it. <laughs> so now I'm just thinking, like, well, are they going to knock my house down and put a Starbucks yeah, in it? Right. They thought I would like that news. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what it means. Um, it's very confusing. Other news. Uh, bad news this time, Wyatt. 
Activision Blizzard is seemingly gearing up for some layoffs. We have some people in the know uh, leaking out that there are potential layoffs happening soon. Uh, It's coming off the tail of a new president of the company who was just brought in with a huge sign-on bonus of of many millions of dollars just to be the (laughs) new president of the company and then just immediately uh, tons of layoffs. So that's cool love that uh blizzard seem this is what i wrote down in my notes i don't know even know how i feel about it and i wrote it blizzard seems to be finally changed in the wake of the activision merger that happened many years ago this is a weird thing for me to think and i wrote it but i i do think it um activision and blizzard merged like a while ago it happened it's not recent now and it still feels like this is because of the merger somehow this is Mm -hmm. somehow blizzard was its own thing and now they're now they're doing things the activision way and it's hurting them um is that a fair read is that a fair read on the situation i think so yeah because i mean we've we've been seeing a lot of changes in kind of like you said how blizzard has been doing things a lot of the top uh, top brass of that company has moved on. Like I think in the last year, they've lost like three of the founders. Like three of the some of the original people have moved on to do other things. And and in some of them, it's not even that they've moved on like just retired, but they've actually gone to other companies to like. I think one of I think a CFO is went to netflix and then somebody else works with one of the uh with works with a company that owns like an overwatch league team or something like that so it it seems like they're 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 not just retiring but it looks like as though they're just jumping ship and it was like they could see that something was happening and it this might be what it was but yeah that that whole merger really seemed to have kind of changed the course of these uh of these companies especially blizzard Blizzard was always the company that put out a game, and even if it was a single-player game, they would just continue to, to support it for years and years and years. And because of that, they didn't make very many games, but it w- there was a tacit agreement with their fans that that's fine as long as they keep making the games that do already exist and, and have already uh, come out as good and well-supported and as flexible as possible and we've seen less of that recently we've seen mm-hmm. um oh my god I'm, I'm forgetting i'm blanking on the name of it they've erased the name in my mind uh what's what's their moba called uh overwatch no okay. oh here's a here's of the storm here's of the storm oh my god i can't believe i forgot that uh yes <laughs> heroes of the storm uh they they shut down the esports uh mm-hmm. support for that game and i uh, people really don't like the way that their mobile diablo game was announced mm-hmm. um the their support for warcraft right now is in the form of warcraft 3 reforged which is cool but that is a completely new game and again new games are really not what blizzard's kind of all about uh yeah well, in, in like yeah. StarCraft 2, you know, there hasn't Starcraft been... StarCraft 2, yeah. 
like there hasn't been a lot of support there. Diablo three people have it, like that from what I've seen, it's been fairly stale for a while now. Um, I think, you know, Reaper of souls came out in 2015. I want to say it was, it was some time ago. And, you know, since then all they've been doing, you know, they added like the, the seasons thing to, to Diablo, but there hasn't really been new content. And even like when I started playing it on the switch, when I was looking up like on Reddit just to kind of see different builds and everything like that, there was a lot of people who <clears throat> were complaining about the fact that it's been stale. Like all of the builds have been exactly the same for the last, you know, like three seasons, which I think is about like a year and a half. So it, it seems like the the regular updates to their existing titles and all of that, it just seems to really be falling off quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And you can't like, cause like you said, Blizzard was always that company that you could count on for, for putting out, you know, they only put out, they didn't put out very many games. Like, you know, Diablo's only, only has three, uh, three entrants to the series. And that, that series started 20 years ago. Starcraft only has two and it started 20 years ago. You know, War, Warcraft only had three, you know, World of Warcraft. It, it's got updates and stuff, but there's only one World of Warcraft. So, you know, they don't have a ton of games under their belt, you know, like Call of Duty, something that comes out every single year. But usually you could count on them to, to, to really support their titles, but that just has been lacking a lot lately. Yeah, and, we're, uh, we talk about the living game, the, the advent of the living game as a fairly recent thing, but Blizzard's been doing it for decades. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe what we're seeing right now is the living game bubble bursting a little bit. Activision mm, yeah. didn't find it worthwhile to them to to fight to keep destiny under their belt so now they don't Mm -hmm. have it anymore which Uh, i think is a good move for for bungie because now bungie doesn't because that's honestly the a big part of not to derail things but a big part of why uh destiny has been so bad is or not bad but it's been less than stellar is because of the the release schedules that they've had to put up with so you know them kind of splitting from activision i think it's going to help and, you know, that might be something that, you know, we, we could see with Blizzard sometime down the line. But it, it, cause it feels like there's just some sort of huge, like the, you know, bubble that is truly bursting right now. Yeah. Uh, th- this is a little off topic, but in, in, in regards to Destiny, I, I feel like what you're saying is correct. Like my, my gut says that's true. But I, I'm always weary to, uh, uh, or wary, not weary, the other one. I'm always wary to say that an independent person just breaking off from their corporate or- overlord is always going to be good because yeah. Activision is just a really experienced company and has a lot of marketing know-how that like right. as, as many bad dis- mis- mistakes they make they also just know a lot of stuff and I I think Bungie was pretty green coming out of their relationship with Microsoft so I don't know mm-hmm. how an independent Bungie is going to manage themselves I want to think that's that true. it's going to be good, but you know, I maybe that's true. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Um, back to Blizzard, though. Could we see Blizzard's style of doing things just end? Like with with, with Activision, they have seen success with Crash Bandicoot and Spyro, just single player one off games. That mm-hmm. that's where their big success has been lately. They don't want to keep Destiny. They don't care about it. Yeah. So maybe Activision is going to reorganize all of their stuff, 
to be individual purchases, like ma major games coming out. There, there might be more of them uh, than there were before because they, they're not going to support them for too long, which really doesn't bode well for Blackout, uh, Blackout yeah. support. But, you know, I don't think Blackout ever could have worked in uh, Call of Duty's, like the way they, they do Call of Duty, where every yeah. year there's going to be a new thing that's just kind of going to be the, the one that people play versus the old one, where battle royale games need to be living and ongoing so do do they change blizzard do they're they're changing themselves it looks like maybe they're forcing that change on blizzard yeah i, I think they might honestly because because like you said it, they just probably for them if you know looking at their books or whatever it, it it may they probably feel that you know these living games don't do as much for them as you know a, a yearly release or even like you said a one-off release like a Spyro um, or a Crash Bandicoot because I mean if you look at Call of Duty might come out every year but they're 60 bucks a pop and they sell millions of copies yeah uh, versus you know a game like Starcraft that you know you can it's free to play now you know even if it wasn't free to play like I think you can get all the expansions for like maybe $30 but not many people are going to play that same with Diablo, um, you know, World of Warcraft, their player base is continuing to decline. So, you know, from, from Activision's point of view, they're probably like, hey, we could make a lot more money if we're just making, you know, one-off games that people really like rather than trying to support these ongoing titles that maybe people aren't really enjoying that much anymore. Realistically, how many active World of Warcraft subscriptions do you think there are right now? So let's see. I know when I was playing in 2015, I think there was about 10 million. So I want to say that it's probably dipped fairly significantly. So I want to say there's probably maybe like six to eight million active subscribers for for a while these days. That would be higher than I would have guessed. Really? Yeah, I would have thought like four or five max. Really? I'm curious. I am curious. I, I don't think they've said recently, so there's no way to know. But um, Brandon Jones from Easy Allies sometimes uh, talks about Blizzard. And one of the things he brings up that I think is interesting is he's he's afraid that one day they're just going to come out and say, uh, you know, uh, just like Heroes of the Storm, we, we decided to move on. And now uh, we're, we're just not going to keep the servers for World of Warcraft going. We're done. We're, yeah we're just like one day we're just going to be done and they don't even do a going away party or like a like an event in game to to uh celebrate it or anything it's just it's just over it's just gonna die yeah oh wow so apparently the numbers got leaked in october of 2018 and it, it had jumped up to 3.2 after the battle of azeroth up to 3.2 yeah, and it has since dropped. It current in October of of 2018, they said it currently stands at 1.7 million. Okay, that's that's really that's, that's bad. worse than what I said. That's I mean, they say it doesn't it doesn't include China, but I still I okay. China's not there's but I don't think there's enough to 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 make it to where it's not a terrible number. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not going to be like the, there's there's going to be maybe a couple you could even double that with china but like yeah but even that's still under four I, like i think even with yeah. china it's probably got to be under four million which for 
for as much as they put into that game, like that's not a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's great though. It, it's uh, it's fifteen years old. It's fifteen or sixteen years old mm-hmm. right now. So I think that's fine. It's just still one of their temples of the company. And if they're if I if I was at, at Blizzard and I was like one of the old guard trying to maintain what Blizzard is doing, I would want my ongoing projects to be proving themselves. And mm-hmm. World of Warcraft clearly isn't Battle for Azeroth. Uh, I mean, of course, there's going to be a bump whenever there's any new expansion, but I don't think it was liked, yeah. right? Um, Not very much. No, I, I, the last few expansions haven't really been well received. Yeah, it, it may maybe when Classic comes out, which I think is supposed to be this year. Um, yeah. I forget what they said, but maybe that will will give them some sort of. They of did. Boost they said summer. Yeah, so because I know there's a lot of people that miss the heyday of World of Warcraft, and you know, miss like Burning Crusade, Ratchet Lich King, um, or even Vanilla, which is what Classic is is aiming to be. So I mean, maybe this will will do something to to spark things, but you know, you have to feel that you know if these massive layoffs are happening, and you know, sub numbers are plummeting, sales probably aren't that great even for the expansion itself, you know, I, I, it's like you said, within the next decade, like, I, I don't know if, if wow is going to be a thing anymore, which is crazy to think because it's been such a huge part of gaming for the last, you know, 14, 15 years, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It times are looking pretty scary over at Activision Blizzard. I mean, the upside of that is that world of Warcraft two could finally happen. I, I could imagine, them swapping out one MMO for another. That's true. I could that could happen. Yeah. Um I would actually see that as a net positive if that happened. I I just I I know in my heart that World of Warcraft was always supposed to be a temporary thing. So to see it end is going to be sad, but it it had to. It it's a server-based mm-hmm. game. It it cannot go on forever. There's no way to encapsulate it. To there's no way to save it. Um, you just need to keep going with the next thing more. And I think mm-hmm. they, they could, and I think that's the optimistic spin on, on this is whatever they do next is, is going to be just a, a, a complete new refresh of Blizzard's offerings that, cause we haven't seen like a modern MMO from Blizzard in like a decade. They, they've mm-hmm. done an MMO that is in the modern age, but it doesn't. I mean, World of Warcraft doesn't look good, you know? It doesn't... No, not at all. Yeah. And, and the, you know, the main gameplay of it is very old. You know, it, it's not as old as, like, Vanilla, because they have changed a lot since then, but they haven't really changed any of the systems in the last, you know, decade, probably. Yeah, and I was going to say that MMOs kind of have fallen out of fashion, but it only takes one it only takes one mm-hmm. good one final fantasy 14 is really popular right now uh yeah i mean final fantasy, like black desert online yeah. um even uh the elder scrolls to an extent sure you know so it's like there they clearly there is a market i just think people are trying to find something that they like and you know clearly wow has just kind of dipped a bit so who knows? I mean, maybe if, you know, maybe these layoffs, even though, you know, it's terrible um, for, for the people that are going to lose their jobs, hopefully it might be something that can allow them to to refocus a bit 
and kind of maybe get back on track and and bring themselves back to like those days of glory somehow but you know it's it seems like it's gonna be a long road i i totally agree well that's been the show you can write into the show um ask us anything just give us a comment question anything you want at podcast at superjumpmagazine.com once again that's podcast at superjumpmagazine.com let's head into our after school activities Wyatt what's yours uh, so mine is going to be uh, it's a bit of a self plug um, but it was a really good show nonetheless um, so my the website I write for Deserto um, we just started the second season of our podcast um, or our talk show um, with the a journalist by the name of Richard Lewis is the host of it and for the first episode they had Rick Fox on there uh, who is for the sports fans out there you know longtime basketball player uh, you know one of the greats and everything and he is the owner of Echo Fox um, appropriately named Echo Fox uh, they've got uh, a lot of good there's a good Gears of War team, a good League of Legends team. They have some of the best fighting game players out there. Um, so they basically talk about everything from why he got started into esports, which was actually because of his son. He kind of saw his son playing things, and his son nudged him in the direction to start an esports team, which was really cool um, for somebody kind of that you wouldn't really think of to be kind of progressive when it comes to, to video games and, and esports coming, you know, as a as a traditional athlete. Um, so there's a lot of really good conversation on there kind of about how he got started his, you know, what he thinks about certain things within esports, and then kind of how things are looking now. So if you're a fan of esports um, and you're kind of looking for a, you know, a different angle from somebody who owns a team, definitely a really good, uh, really good watch. So if you just, if you just type to Certo, uh, D E X E R T O into YouTube, it'll probably be the first thing that shows up. Cool. That that sounds really cool. I'll have to give that um, a listen. I have maybe the polar opposite of <laughs> that. Um, okay. I, I want to make sure I read the exact title of this YouTube video um, as it is published. Okay. Marble Race, colon, Marble Olympics, one word, 2019 qualifiers. And the channel this is on is called Gels Marble Runs. Gels is spelled J-E-L-L-E apostrophe S. Marble runs. This is a video about marbles racing each other, trying to qualify for the Marble Olympics, which will happen in April. And if you're thinking to yourself, I'm not going to watch marbles race each other, um, you're not correct. You need to go do it. You need to. Uh, you got to watch these marbles. They have a live sports commentator uh, commentating all all of the the speeds and paths and and overtakings that these marbles are vigilantly performing. These marble athletes are more fun to watch, in my opinion, than most real sports or video games. I think it's really good, and you should check it out. Once again, that's. Marble Race, Marble Olympics, 2019 qualifiers. Why you ever watch marble races on YouTube? I never have. I never have. But I will start today. I, I will check that out because that sounds. <laughs> I I feel like I need to look at it just to see what what this is. You know, it's one of those things you just, you, just, you have yeah. to see it. 
Yeah, you know what? That's all I want. If you can look at it and say like, oh, I get it. And then if you don't want to keep watching, that's fine. But there's <laughs> there's a really... Just the commentary on, on this video is amazing. Like, th- this is better commentary than most actual Olympic sports commentaries I've heard in my life. Mm. Um, our theme song has been by Jamitar. I think we named... Okay. I named the song, the theme song to this podcast, and I gave it, like, just a boy's name, and I forgot what it is. Jerome? (laughs) Is our theme song called Jerome? It might be. It's by Jamitar. Thank you, Jamitar. Please remember to subscribe if you like the show. Review us on Apple Podcast again if you like the show. If you didn't, uh, still do it, but, like, lie about it. And make sure you tell a friend, spread it around. We only grow via word of mouth for the most part. So please, 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 please get our podcast out there. We would very much appreciate it. Thanks for listening and stay super!